Welcome back to Pop Culture Podcast. My name is Spencer, and for those of you who are new or just don't know, this podcast is basically an audio compilation of my videos on YouTube. And if you want to head over to my YouTube channel, you can find it by typing in at the film punch on the YouTube search bar, and you can find it there. Over on that channel, not only do you get the video form of the topics I cover on the podcast, but you also get them earlier over on the YouTube channel. So I highly recommend going over there and also subscribing because also for those of you who don't know, this podcast will be ending at episode 200 to focus on YouTube and also in the future Patreon. So yeah, head over there, subscribe if you don't mind. I would very much appreciate it. Uh, But yeah, as for this episode today, I will be reviewing two movies one of which is Spirited, which stars Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, and it's a modern take on the classic story A Christmas Carol. The second film I will be reviewing and ending the episode off with is The Menu, which stars Ralph Fiennes and Anya Taylor-Joy, and it's a bit of a satirical comedy-slash-horror film based around food. Uh, So two very good films to review today, and... uh, Yeah, before I get into any of them, I do have to thank today's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Audible, which, if you don't know, has a great selection of audiobooks, originals, and podcasts. And right now, if you go to www.audibletrial.com slash popculturepodcast, you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Plus, which lets you listen to a selection of audiobooks, originals, sleep tracks, meditation programs, and podcasts. Or you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Premium Plus which gives you all of that from Audible Plus, as well as one free title per month from an extended selection of bestsellers and new releases, and you own those, so that's awesome. So uh, yeah, if you want to go get that 30-day free trial of Audible, that website is www.audibletrial.com slash popculturepodcast. Now on with the show. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas. Half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. So 2022 Spirited is directed by Sean Anders, written by Sean Anders and John Morris, and it is an Apple TV Plus original film, which stars Will Ferrell as the ghost of Christmas Present and Ryan Reynolds as Clint Briggs. Also in the cast, we have Octavia Spencer as Kimberly. Uh, Who else do we have in here? Patrick Page as Marley. We have Sunita Mani, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, as the ghost of Christmas Past. And then Tracy Morgan as the voice of Christmas Yet to Come. Uh, So yes, if you can't tell, this is a modern take slash adaptation on the classic Charles Dickens story, A Christmas Carol. Um, It's been adapted into so many different movies, TV shows, books, all sorts of different things. And this is kind of a fresh take on it. They have a musical element to it, which I don't know of many adaptations of this story have a musical element to it. It's been a while since I've watched an adaptation of A Christmas Carol. Um, 
But yeah, uh, by the way, it's really windy outside. In fact, I wanted to address that. Uh, I didn't go to the movies today because it's snowmageddon outside. I wanted to. There's two movies out right now that I want to watch. Honestly, there's a few that I need to catch up on, such as Till, Armageddon Time. Um, what was the other one? Uh, shoot, Amsterdam. Um, and then new ones like The Menu and She Said that I wanted to go see. Not sure if I'm going to have the time to go watch those, but there's plenty of movies and TV shows coming to streaming that I will have to cover on the channel. Um, but yeah, let's just get into this review for Spirited. Uh, yeah, overall, not a bad movie. I do love Christmas movies. There's a lot of Christmas movies that I really do like, and I don't think it's too early to start watching Christmas movies, honestly. I'm already listening to Christmas music even though it's not necessarily what I want to be listening to. Um, you know, that's just kind of what you're stuck listening to around this time of year. And um, is this going to be a, a Christmas classic? Absolutely not. Not in my opinion, at least. This is not a movie I'm going to be revisiting every single year. Um, most Christmas movies that have come out over the past handful of years are not movies I, I'd consider rewatching year to year. Um, but yeah, with this one, it, there's a lot of fun to be had, but I also think there's so many different movies in this one movie going on at the same time. Um, even in interviews, they described it like, this is a Christmas movie, this is a romantic movie, this is a comedy movie, this is a musical. It's so many different things, and at times it doesn't necessarily know what it wants to be. There's more serious elements that should have been taken a little bit more seriously and had a little more time spent on it, but instead they cut away for the sake of a joke or just to keep the, the pace going. And I kind of understand that at times, but at the same time, the more serious elements of these types of movies are what I appreciate. And especially in comedic movies like this, and I mean, even lately when it comes to Marvel and stuff like that, people have been complaining about that a lot, where it seems like Marvel movies in particular, like Thor Love and Thunder, just can't seem to take anything seriously. And I think that's that's kind of... I don't think that's completely aimed just at Marvel. I, I mean, I feel like people probably feel that way about a lot of movies right now, where they just feel like it can't be taken seriously. And um, I don't know, for me personally, in, in comedy movies, I often seek genuine moments. And maybe that's not something that you should have in a comedy movie all the time. And there's movies that don't necessarily have genuine moments uh, that are considered comedy movies that I quite like, like Step Brothers. I think that movie's hilarious. And there's not really any genuine moments in that movie, um, let's be honest. I mean, the whole, oh, are we friends now? That's that's not really genuine. And this, we have genuine moments when it comes to um, Ryan Reynolds' character, Clint, when it comes to his sister who passed away from cancer. Um, that's that's one of the emotional elements in this movie. In fact, I would say that's, that's the main emotional element in this movie when it comes to his character, at least. And then you have the Ghost of Christmas Present, played by Will Ferrell, who also has his own arc in this movie. And part of me kind of feels like it should have just been Ryan, Ryan Reynolds' character that had the arc. Um, but I do like the twist that they're giving the ghost um, one of the ghosts of Christmas, basically the, their own arc in the story. Whereas in the other adaptations, it's all about whoever they're haunting. Whereas in this, it, it's almost more about Will Ferrell than it is 
about Ryan Reynolds, which is kind of cool. And it's a little twist on a on a modern classic. All right, modern classic? A little twist, a modern twist on a classic. That's what I meant to say. Um, but yeah, there's some elements of comedy in here that really do work. Um, oh, shoot. I'm trying to remember a specific moment in there where it was just one character that just kept cracking me up. Oh, my God. Um, I don't think, I think it's Owen, yeah. Joe Tippett as Owen, um, which I believe is the brother to Clint in the movie. That character, every time he was on screen, like, maybe not every time, but, like, there were a few moments in there where his character just, I, I could not stop laughing at the shit he was doing. He was cracking me up. Um, but yeah, you have this whole plot in here of, Clint is, is this big CEO guy, and he's an asshole, and he's, you know, trying to dig up dirt on this one kid who's running, running against his niece for school president, and he's just all around kind of an awful guy, um, but yeah, obviously that sets up the whole thing of, hey, we need to go teach this guy a lesson and make him try to change, um, and the whole way it works with these ghosts, it's it's quite interesting. It's almost like a boss baby situation. That's the only way I can think about it is where you have this big corporation where they're built on, you know, trying to change people and change the world for the better. And that's pretty cool. Um, also kind of reminded me at times when they were actually in their own area where they actually worked. Like, you know what I mean? Their actual workshop. It's not a workshop, but... Their office, I guess you could say. It doesn't look like a typical office, but that stuff kind of reminded me, and it's not just because I watched it recently, but of the Santa Claus franchise. Um, just elements of that kind of reminded me, and then you have all these different figures, like the Ghost of Christmas Past and whatnot. Uh, a lot of that heavily reminded me of, like, oh, it feels like I'm seeing, like, Tooth Fairy and Father Time and whatnot in that franchise, which, if you haven't seen that franchise, you're probably really confused right now. But, hey. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of fun to be had in this movie with with the comedy and some of the musical elements. A lot of the musical elements don't really work for me. And they make jokes about like, oh my god, another song. But then they go into another song. And I'm just like, no. And I'm a fan of musicals myself. La La Land is one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. I love Hamilton. I love In the Heights. Um, there's a lot of musicals I do love. But... A lot of those musicals have really, really thought-provoking, maybe not thought-provoking, but like, just like really deep lyrics and stuff like that that really hit you. And a lot of the, the musical elements in this movie, a lot of the, uh, uh, not musical elements, but you know what I mean, like uh, musical sequences, I guess you could say, um, a lot of the time I was just, my eyes were glazed over, I was just like not into it at all. I was bored during the musical uh, musical sequences and during the songs. Um, but there is one song in particular that Octavia Spencer sang in the movie, uh, which I can't name the song because I didn't look up the soundtrack or anything, but it was towards the beginning of the movie, first song that she gets. That, or that song in particular I thought was probably the best in the whole movie. Um, but for the most part, most of the music just didn't really hit for me. There was some, one song called Good Afternoon um, that, that was really fun. That one was that one was really fun. I like that one too. Uh, so there's a couple in there that, that really hit, but all the rest of them, and there's a lot, just, just fall flat for me. Um, but yeah, this is the second movie, I believe, from Will Ferrell. 
uh, or at least starring, starring Will Ferrell. Uh, as far as I know, I didn't look at his IMDb before recording this, but I'm pretty sure along with Elf, he was also, along with this movie as well, it makes two Christmas movies that he's in. If I'm wrong, correct me down in the comments below, but they even had a little moment in here where they they kind of had a little elf Easter egg, so I very much appreciated that as an elf fan myself. That's um, one of my top three favorite Christmas movies for sure, and uh, it was cool to see Will Ferrell in another Christmas movie. Um, as far as Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, of course they're great together on screen. They have great chemistry. They make this movie, and at first it started a little slow. They didn't like meet each other at first. Probably get to Ryan Reynolds about, excuse me, just under 10 minutes in, maybe just under 15, I don't know. Um, as soon as Ryan Reynolds comes into the picture, he plays Ryan Reynolds in every other movie. But there's a reason why he does that, because it really works most of the time. And he's going to keep doing that until it doesn't work. And I feel like in this movie, for the most part, it really does continue to work for me. Um, whereas in Free Guy, you know, there's elements of it where I'm just like, you're kind of just too much Deadpool right now. There are moments in here where they have more serious elements with his character that I really appreciate, like I said before, with his sister and whatnot. Um, but they just don't quite go far enough with it. Um, but yeah, let me see here. Um, some of the jokes aren't landing. I already kind of said that. Um, I like musicals, but... So far, I don't really care for it in here. Yeah, I already said that. Um, let me see. The thing that's very apparent is that Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds are having a lot of fun, and that's for sure. Like, again, with the whole chemistry uh, thing between them, I think they have great chemistry. I'm not sure if they've worked on a movie together or not. Again, tell me down in the comments below if they have. But, yeah, I'm surprised if they haven't. I'm surprised they haven't worked on something sooner. But they have really great chemistry on screen, and you can tell with the whole musical elements as well, and them tap dancing and dancing around and whatnot, that they're having a lot of fun doing it. Even if the movie doesn't turn out fantastic, at least they're having fun doing it. Um, and also, there was that whole TikTok of uh, Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell saying, I can be brown, I can be... Yeah, everybody saw that. Um, and I'm pretty sure they were wearing the costumes that they were wearing in this movie. So I think... That was recorded while they are actually filming the movie, which is kind of fun. Uh, if you go back and watch it, you might notice the, the kind of 1800s clothing that they're wearing. Eight, 17 to 1800s. Um, but yeah, let me see here what other notes I have. Um, oh yeah, it, it really drags by the ending too. Um, there, there are about four to five different endings to this movie. And... Just as you think it's over, you're just like, oh, nope, there's more. Uh, but this has to be it. They have to be ending it here. Oh, nope, there's more. Okay, but they're they're just messing around now. They're they're definitely gonna end it. Oh, okay, okay. There's there's more. Uh, and then by the fifth time or however many times it was, you're just like, God damn it, just end it already. That's how I was. I that's I audibly said, God damn it, just end it already. Jeez. Um, and part of that, I was wondering if it was like a joke. And a lot of the musical elements are supposed to be kind of a joke as well, poking fun at musicals. But sometimes when you're poking fun at something, that message doesn't completely come through when you're just kind of looking on the surface. Like, if you're really looking super deep into it, you might see that they're making fun of it. Or, like, at least 
kind of just joking around, but I don't know. If you're going to make fun of something, make it, make it just a little more obvious that you're trying to make fun of it and not that you're just like actually doing it, I guess. And there's elements in there where I'm just like, yeah, they're just kind of poking fun at the whole musical element with them saying like, oh my God, another one. But like, I've seen other musicals do that before. It doesn't phase me. Um, so yeah, I guess, I guess that just, I guess that just made me mad. All right, whatever. Um, but yeah, if not for the two main characters in here, the two main actors, the two leads, this movie would not work as well as it does. Um, you could put two other schmucks in there and, and, you know, maybe it would be the same. Put other, two other really big named actors in there. I'm sure it would have the same, same level of appeal to it for the most part. But when you put Will Ferrell, who people love, especially when it comes to the movie Elf, and you're talking about a Christmas movie here, and then you put Ryan Reynolds in there as well, America's Sweetheart. I mean, you're bound to get clicks off of that alone. And by the way, Apple TV Plus, and this isn't me promoting them or anything. I'm not sponsored by them. It's only like $4.99 a month, I believe. Um, that's I think that's how much I paid for it. So, yeah, I mean, it's really not bad. Uh, but I will say don't go out of your way to, like, buy the streaming service to watch just to watch this. But if you're going to get it anyways, watch Ted Lasso as well because that's a pretty good show. Uh, but, yeah, I just wanted to say... That's that's pretty much all I have in terms of my notes on this movie. Not a, not a really great movie. Um, there's there's some elements that I did like in it. There's some elements that made me laugh. Uh, but is it a Christmas classic? Not by any means. Is it something I'm going to watch again? Not by any means. But people might enjoy this one. So, I mean, give it a watch if you if you really want to. And I think I, I think there are certain people that are really going to like this and possibly even watch it every year. But maybe it's just not for me. So, uh, but yeah, I did want to mention, and I'll probably mention in this in the next few reviews or so, but I have a new ranking system. Typically when it comes to movies and TV shows, I rank them by, you know, like one out of 10 or, you know, that that's usually what I do. But now I have my own ranking system, which I very much like. I just, just made a few hours ago. I was trying to piece it together and, and come up with something that's, that felt nice and sounded nice. Um, so starting with the best category here, uh, leave your house immediately. Very rare of me to say that. So if I do use that in a review and I rank a movie with that that tier, that means you know I'm not kidding. So leave your house immediately. Go see that. Uh, which, by the way, this is a streaming service film. Damn, it's really windy. Uh, but this is a, a film on a streaming service, so like you can't leave your house. But you know what I mean. It, it has the same has the same effect, you know, basically saying buy the streaming service right now so you can watch it. Uh, but yeah, tier one, leave your house immediately. Again, very rare, probably not going to be used very often. Uh, and then weekend plans, which is the next tier down below that, which is go check it out on opening weekend. Um, and then the tier below that is avoid the crowds. Wait a couple weeks to watch the movie, maybe go on a weekday. And who knows, you might just get the theater yourself, which is always a fun experience for me personally. I always love when I find out that, hey, there's nobody else in the theater. I can literally just sit back and enjoy this and not have to worry about anybody else. Um, but yeah, let me see here. Tier below that is rent it, pay to watch it at home. Uh, tier below that is stream it, which, you know, when it comes to movies on streaming services, 
aren't you like, oh, wouldn't it just automatically go in this tier? Not necessarily. Also, I realized that my other string is not, not here. Huh. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to streaming movies, you're like, eh, it wouldn't just go automatically in that tier. No, because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be fair with it, obviously. Uh, but yeah, stream it if you have the streaming service. Consider checking it out. Add it to your list. Uh, but don't necessarily go out of your way to buy the streaming service that it's on. Um, but yeah, let me see here. Tier below that is last week's leftovers. Might not be horrible, but you might regret it later. Uh, tier below that, throw it in the trash. Those leftovers have turned. And then the last tier below that is throw it in the trash and set it on fire. That is pretty much as bad as it gets. But wait, there's one more tier below that. And that is Chernobyl level disaster. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm fascinated by Chernobyl, so I just wanted to include Chernobyl in there somewhere. But yeah, the Chernobyl level disaster is as bad as it gets for a movie. And I wrote here, how did this get made? Uh, and if you like this movie, seek medical attention, movie or show, wherever, whatever it might be. But yeah, that's my new ranking system. I know that wasn't like the best way of going about it and saying it all, but I'll be, uh, I'll be mentioning it through the next handful of uh, reviews or so, just so people can get used to that ranking system. But as for this movie right here, it's fitting that I would put this movie and stream it. Um, if you have Apple TV Plus, consider watching it, add it to your list. Does Apple TV Plus give you a list? It probably gives you a list that you can add stuff to, most likely. Uh, but yeah, if you have the streaming service, can cheddar, can, can consider checking it out. Um, and if you don't, maybe consider still downloading Apple TV Plus to check out some other shows they have on there other movies and maybe watch that while you're on there um you might be able to get a free trial as well uh and and like i said it's only like 4.99 per month so that's not bad at all um but yeah i'm gonna put it and stream it nothing you really have to rush to watch or anything like that uh nothing you have to watch in the first weekend if you want to watch it closer to christmas great idea do it go ahead uh but yeah that's pretty much all i have for you in this video and uh, as for the next one, I'm not really sure what my review will be for, but hey, we shall see. Thank you all for watching. Leave a like on the video, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you never miss an upload, and I will see you in the next one. All right, so 2022's The Menu is directed by Mark Mylod, screenplay by Seth Rice and Will Tracy. It stars Ralph Fiennes as Chef Slowick, Voldemort himself. Look at that. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy as Margot. We also have Nicholas Holt as Tyler, Hong Chow as Elsa, and John Leguizamo as Movie Star. That is what he's credited as, at least on IMDb. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of other cast members in this movie, but those are pretty much for the main part, uh, for the main part, for the most part, the the big names in the film, as well as the main players. Um, but yeah, pretty great cast, very great writing in this movie, and just a lot of creativity behind it as well. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen the trailers, basically you have this guy, Chef Slowick, who brings these people in and gives them, I believe it's like a 10-course meal, something like that. Uh, they're all small portions, as it should be for these types of meals that you're paying, you know, thousands of dollars for. Uh, oftentimes, with these food snobs, they get such small portions, and they're like, oh, this, this has an aroma of... Uh, of such and such, you know, those types of people, and, um, 
you know, those are the types of people that, that dine here. And these are the types of people that are in this movie. And the one standout is Margot because she's the one person that really isn't supposed to be there. She doesn't have much interest in the food. In fact, she doesn't even eat some of it at times. And uh, that really makes Chef Slowick angry, but also intrigued. And he feels challenged by it in ways that he probably hasn't felt challenged in years. And uh, that's the interesting thing. There's a moment in this movie where Margot is talking to his character, or uh, Margot is talking to Chef Slowick, and she's talking about something from her past, saying, oh, I used to like it, but not so much anymore. And then she asks him about his job, and he says the same thing. And you can tell with her, her character there that she is the one that challenges him. She is the one that, that makes him love being a chef, especially in this, this movie. Like, obviously, we don't know outside of anything. But at a time, we imagine he was a happy person and a different person. And uh, she's the, the person that comes in and makes him feel, feel like he used to about, about being a chef. And um, that's that's an element of this movie that I really love. A lot of the elements that I love about this movie as well is just the style overall. Um, you know, when it comes to introducing food, they put text on the screen saying the name of the, the dish and describing what's in it and what, what it's all about. And they do that for each food and each course. And it's, it's very stylistic. I very much like it. Um, and honestly, when it comes to these food snobs and stuff like that, you can kind of almost, um, excuse me, you can almost equivalent it to, you know, people like me who review movies and whatnot, like, it extends to more than just food. These are types of people that exist in all types of mediums when it comes to, and they even talk about it in the movie, <clears throat> I believe it's Nicholas Holt's character who says, you know how people have things like idols for sports and and movie stars and, and musicians and all that. That's how I feel about food. And um, it, it really can be just... Th this type of film can be taken from the food aspect and put into literally anything else. And that's the kind of aspect about this movie that I don't necessarily love because I feel like it's the type of movie that if you take the food out, this could be... I mean, the story would pretty much be the same if you took the food out, I feel like, for the most part, which isn't, maybe that's not completely true, because I feel at times the food can almost be a character itself, um, but there's also times in this movie, like, yeah, it almost feels like there's two different movies here. There's a movie that's very stylistic and fun, and and can be brutal, and, and uh, um, I mean, this movie very much is a satirical dark comedy. So there's fun elements of, of humor in there that really do work well. And then there's just some elements in here that, that don't feel completely original and feel like they're going a bit by the book when it comes to films like this. But for the most part, this does feel original. It does feel fresh. It does feel unique. Um, there's a lot of really great performances in this movie, especially Ralph Fiennes as Chef Slowick. Um, you know, that actor having played Voldemort before, there are moments in this movie where I couldn't help but just see Voldemort but that being said he still did fantastic in this film um they didn't really leave it open for any sequels but I would be interested in in a sequel for in some shape or form of this in, in set in this universe and 
maybe in a different area such as you know sports or, or movies or music or whatever it might be have this type of movie in different settings and that's that's kind of a gift and a curse with this movie that's kind of the thing i came out of the movie feeling like i feel like this could turn into a franchise of just doing the same thing over and over but in different settings and um i, I don't know yeah like i said it's a gift and a curse it's a cool thing but it's also you know it could get out of hand but maybe this will just be a standalone film i think it will be and i hope so uh, they did a great job with this one for sure. Will it end up on my top 10 best of this year? Probably not, but um, th there's a lot of elements to it that, that I do really enjoy. Um, you know, the satirical slash dark humor aspect of it, like I said, really works. Um, I went on a Saturday afternoon, 3.50 p.m. Theater was decently packed. Not Not like full theater or anything like that, but... People were laughing throughout the film. People were having fun. And um, it's a fun movie to watch in the theater with, with the crowd for sure. Uh, when it comes to being at home, I'm not sure how much it would hold up. Uh, but personally, this feels like the kind of movie I'd rather watch at home. Um, and, and maybe I'm a little biased because after I got out of the movie, it was snowmageddon outside. So I wasn't very happy to drive home in that. But um, for the most part, this does seem like one of those movies I would rather watch at home, but if I had the opportunity to watch at home, would I? Probably not. Um, but personally, I think I'm gonna give it a decent ranking, uh, which by the way, if you didn't watch my review for Spirited, starring Will, uh, Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, highly recommend checking that review out, but I have a new ranking system, so I'm not just ranking things from 1 to 10, because a lot of movies... If you've seen a number of my reviews end up being in that, that 6 to 7 to 8 range. And I'd like to shake it up a little bit. But um, let me run you through this ranking real quick. At the top, I have Leave Your House Immediately. If it's a movie on streaming or if it's a TV show, you know, same difference, whatever. Turn on your TV immediately. Watch it immediately. That's, that's the concept. But Leave Your House Immediately is going to be a very rare ranking of me to use. So if I use it, you'll know that I mean it. Uh, the tier below that is Weekend Plans, so watch it opening weekend in the theater. Tier below that is Avoid the Crowds. Wait a couple weeks to watch it in the theater, maybe go during the afternoon on a weekday, uh, skip the crowds, have the theater to yourself. That's always a fun experience, honestly, just being able to relax and not have to worry about people around you making too much noise or whatever it might be. Uh, but yeah, below, the, the tier below that is Rent It, so pay to watch it at home. Uh, whether it be Redbox, Voodoo, VOD, whatever it is. Uh, tier below that is Stream It. So if it appears on a streaming service you already own, maybe add it to your list and check it out. But don't go out of your way to buy the streaming service that it's on just for that. Uh, and then the tier below that is last week's Leftovers. And my description here is might not be completely horrible, but you might regret it later. Uh, tier below that is Throw It in the Trash. Those Leftovers have turned. Um, but at the same time, could it be worse? Probably. Uh, and then the tier below that, throw it in the trash and set it on fire. Pretty much as bad as it gets. But hey, there is a tier below that. And that tier is a Chernobyl-level disaster. And my description for that one is, how did this film get made or TV show or whatever it might be? And if you like this film or TV show, 
seek medica medical attention immediately. Um, so yeah, that's my new ranking system. Uh, comment down below, tell me if you like it or not. I might change it up a little bit over time, but for now, that's just kind of what it, what it is in terms of, uh, in terms of ranking movies and TV shows. But yeah, for this movie in particular, I think I'm going to go ahead and give it a avoid the crowds. Um, I don't think this is a movie you need to see immediately, but at the same time, um, maybe try to go when the theater isn't completely empty. So you have a, a handful of people in there to experience it with you and, and get a few, a few laughs out of it. It's always good to laugh at something as a crowd. Uh, because it makes you enjoy it more. But do you have to be in a packed theater where you're sitting next to two strangers? Not at all. Not for this movie. Uh, and for me personally, uh, did I have to go watch this movie and risk, you know, driving into a ditch on the way home because of snow? Not really worth it there. But yeah, um, I, I would say avoid the crowds. Wait a couple weeks. But again, like I said, try to find a showtime where there are a decent amount of people in there where you can still be comfortable and away from people, but, uh, but you can still enjoy the film and all that. So yeah, there's my review for the menu. Not a super comprehensive review. I mean, there's elements of it. I like, and there's elements of it that I don't, uh, the things I like far outweigh the, the don'ts, but at the same time, it, it didn't completely pull together a perfect movie for me. This isn't something I'd rush. Uh, I mean, I guess I did, but uh, this isn't something I would watch the first weekend if I I didn't review movies for. Uh, I guess I can't say a living, but, um, you know, as, as a hobby. If I didn't review movies as a, as a hobby, this wouldn't be a movie I'd probably see at all. But uh, opening weekend, no, not so much. Uh, but yeah, thank you all for watching. Leave a like on the video, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you never miss an upload, and I will see you in the next one. And that is the end of the episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Once again, I'm on YouTube at The Film Punch. Go into the search bar on YouTube and type that in, and you should be able to find my channel. Like I said in the beginning, I will be ending this episode at... I'll be ending this podcast at episode 200, so... After that point, and honestly right now too, uh, and going forward, the YouTube channel is going to be my main focus, and also like I said, I kind of want to do Patreon as well, and put some focus on that. I uh, haven't really started that up a whole lot yet, I basically just kind of set it up, but I haven't really posted anything yet. I want to post a decent amount of stuff on there, so there's already stuff before people start subscribing. And then consistently try to post stuff on there. Like reactions mostly is what I want to do over there. Um, but yeah, I hear the whole reaction world on YouTube is a nightmare. So I figured try to do it over on Patreon. And we'll see how how that works out there. Um, hopefully I have more success than than some other people. Like Brandon Likes Movies is a channel that I, I watched a little bit uh, over the, the past maybe couple of years or so. Um and I, I don't know how many of his reaction videos are going to be going up lately uh, on YouTube because of copyrights, uh, a claims, not strikes yet. Uh, but when you get so many claims, you can get a strike. And that just sounds like a nightmare. So I hope I never have issues like that on my YouTube channel. But I feel like everybody has issues with it at one point or another. 
Uh, the only issue with me is that I'm kind of an idiot when it comes to stuff like that. So I don't know how I'll get myself out of that pickle, but we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll do that. We'll take care of that one when I I get to that point. But yeah, this is the the point in the episode where I I honestly just kind of ramble and talk about whatever I want to talk about. It's kind of like my own personal therapy. So uh, yeah, just bear with me. And honestly, I'm kind of thinking that I might. Because I already made it set in stone that I'm going to end this podcast. I, I'm i losing steam on it. If you can't tell, I'm very lazy when it comes to editing, editing down these audio clips. Um, that's because I literally just take the full audio from my video, uh, from the YouTube video, and just put it into here. So it, it does get annoying having to listen to me talk about the ranking twice in a row. Um but at the same time, you can skip forward if you want to. You can always do that. But, yeah, I mean, I don't have the uh, as much passion for the podcast as I used to. Um, and, and the podcast is the thing I started with. I started in, like, February, which, excuse me, hiccups. Yeah, these are killing me right now. Hiccup city tonight, apparently. But, um... Yeah, I started back in February, like right before the pandemic started. Um, kind of an odd time to start. But yeah, I mean, like I, I liked doing it for quite a while. I interviewed cool people and I hope to interview people in the future too. I mean, it's not like I'm cha- completely changing what I'm doing. It's just doing it on a different, a different platform and a different facet, I guess. Um but I don't know, it's it's kind of somber. But yeah, I'm trying to end the... I'm trying to get to 200 by the time we get to that three-year mark, which we're very close to, which will be like February 10th or something like that. Um, don't know how that'll work out because I've already said a lot of times that I want to make that episode really long. And honestly, I feel like I might just kind of make it something like this. Or for the most part, I just talk about my experience with it and talk about the memories I had with it. Maybe include some some stuff. I want to make it a really long episode and, and end it off with a bang for sure because I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if I hadn't started it when I did. Um, and YouTube from an early age was something I wanted to do because I grew up, grew up at that perfect time where I was able to like access the internet and access the computer and and you know how to navigate it enough at that age to figure out what YouTube is. Like I was around and I was literally like 6, 7, maybe 8 years old when I first started using YouTube and I never looked back since. So the fact that I started a podcast before a YouTube channel, well, that's not necessarily true. I had other YouTube channels in the past that I never really went far with or anything like that there's one called the film filmers if you want to go check that out or actually i think it's the film filmers sh there's one video that got taken down because i had copyrighted music in it um which that video is actually over my facebook page but that's my first personal facebook page not my uh not my film punch one um but yeah i have a few videos there uh I mean, yeah, I did a few YouTube channels over the years, but but uh, in terms of, like, really taking it seriously uh, at an age where I could, like, 
actually put my mind to it and and be coherent enough, I guess, for the most part. I mean, I'm not doing too well right now, honestly, but um, I don't know. I felt like I had to kind of grow up a little bit and, and gain a little bit more knowledge before I could really take something seriously like this. And um, for years, I would grow up watching channels like, I mean, at an early age, I watched stuff like Smosh and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, Shane Dawson and all that kind of stuff too. Uh, like a lot of dark humor, a lot of edgy shit. Um, and then past a certain age, I think around like 12 to 13 is when I started getting into the movie content. So people like Jeremy Johns, uh, Chris Stuckman, uh, John Flickinger slash the flick pick, uh, you know, real rejects was a big one. I interviewed them too back in 2020, I believe maybe 2021, uh, which was like a really big accomplishment for me um, because they're, they're like, to this day, one of my favorite channels. I've been watching them for about seven to eight years or so. Um, so it's crazy that I, I got to talk to them. And and those are really long interviews, too. With Greg Alba, like, uh, I think that interview is maybe possibly like an hour and a half, something like that, maybe maybe just over an hour. And the one with John is, like, over two hours long. Um, so that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, those experiences are great. And I'm just, you know what, I'm going to try to cut it off here because this is kind of the kind of stuff I should save for the final episode. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's been a long time coming. I appreciate everybody that's still listening at this point. Most people don't listen this far into the episode. But if you are, I appreciate you. Um you're along for the ride and yeah i will see you guys in the next one where i should be reviewing enchanted from 2007 as well as disenchanted from this year the uh, disney plus film so yeah see you in the next one